podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 386 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Eki Foster, hello everyone. And... Monster Hunter! Dun 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 Ian Loring. Are you wearing your Ron Perlman wig today, Ian? Oh, fucking hell. More on that later. Uh... Let's 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 get the admin out of the way now. Uh, we are a Pod Syndicate uh, podcast. Uh, you can find other Pod Syndicate podcasts uh, um, over on Pod Syndicate. Things Why like... do you keep going really quiet when you say Pod Syndicate? Uh, the podcast. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. You're like whispering. For it. added effect. Oh, there. Okay. You fucking ruined it now. Sorry. Chinsworth versus Punter, the rewatch project, his film, her movie, Entertainment Landfill, the Iron Sequel, Film Rant. Um, the bonus shows, what's on tap, and I'm probably missing somebody there, I'm sure I am, but uh, if I am, I apologise. Uh, and yeah, all the bonus shows we've got, we are doing a new Playing It Forward this week. Um, myself and Noel uh, released the part two of our uh, Suede um, uh, Tales of the Tape deck, and Noel has just released uh, a... Character and motivation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase One. I think I think when it's like a recording of something, you it, it, he's dropped it. He's dropped it. Yeah. He's dropped sick beats. Sick beats. Uh, yeah. So head on over to there, and of course, you guys, you guys have there and back again. I want to say, I yeah. Fuck yes, great right. <laughs> uh, which which Becky joined for the. Third film, Return Wait, of the King. There you that's go. That's the fucker. Yes, that's what. Um, there are some facial expressions in that movie. 
Oh yes. Oh, we talk about them. Uh, so yeah, so um, that will I, I, I will assume will be out by the time you're listening to this. Um, if you want extra content of us, uh, you can go across to our Patreon um, and subscribe there. Two dollars a month, and you just get little bits at the beginning, and you get extra shows, etc., and all sort of stuff from there. So, what do we have this week? Well, we have absolutely in Mark's wheelhouse. I care a lot. Uh, we have absolutely in Ian's wheelhouse, Monster Hunter. Uh, we Both are, movies in which we will be discussing hairstyles. We will be discussing some hair choices. Yes. Um, uh, we also have some what we've been watching. Uh, there's a couple of trailers out there. We have a couple mm-hmm. of questions. Um, and yeah, the usual tangents and other bits and that. Uh, Ian, what's been happening in the movie world this week? Uh, Guy Ritchie's got another film going. Another uh, film, yes. How fucking exciting. Um, I'm just getting the uh, you got through that uh, intro faster than I expected. So I just need what was it? The something or other of ungentlemanly warfare. Uh, I want to get this now. Let's find it. This is the links, 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 links. Links Africa. Uh, Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. I mean, yeah. Let's go. It, it's, just, it, it, it's such a Guy Ritchie sounding title. And it's Guy Ritchie's Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. Yes. Please. Yeah, and you you know that it's going to have an incredibly handsome cast. I mean, Statham's going to rock up. Hunnam's going to rock up. Hugh Grant's going to be in there. Yeah. Uh, this isn't confirmed. This is just my thinking. You know, it, it's it's gonna be the regulars. I could see Jude Law popping up. Um, fuck yeah. it. I, I have a feeling with this, it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of them in it. But like, you, like you'll have your main cast, but then there's gonna be a lot of. It's just gonna be every scene is gonna be holy shit. That's <laughs> it's just gonna run like that. I you know I just. I'm a Guy Ritchie stan in the parlance of our times. Um, he feels like someone who is still doing very, very well in mainstream Hollywood. But as the years go by, will be increasingly seen as a dinosaur. And my opinion is I will happily be a dinosaur along with him. I like Guy Ritchie's content. I think his I think he's he's quite funny in interviews. I like his confidence. I like that he is a director in every sense of the word when it comes to ego and I like watching his films. You know, that that so the two films that we discussed a couple of weeks back and this all probably within the next couple of years I'll fuck I will eat that shit up with a spoon. Yeah, I mean this is scheduled for um autumn 2022 i think it is yeah i mean essentially within the the next two years there will be three guy ritchie films that's fucking brilliant he's saying four. Oh, great he's saying four great he said that there's something else there uh that i'm not revealing yet but it will be by the end of 2022 it'll be four new guy ritchie movies um, oh no! What he should do? He should do the live-action remake of Robin Hood for Disney. 
fucking bad. But would it be surprise? Would it surprise you if that was the other thing he was doing though? No, it wouldn't. Because you know oh, they they, they were very happy. You know his uh, Aladdin made a shit ton of money. Uh, Aladdin just made a billion as if it was nothing. Yeah, it it made a billion you know without anyone even even noticing. It made a billion like the Ice Age movies used to make a billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody knows anybody that went to see it at the cinema. But everybody went to see it at the cinema somehow. <laughs> I got yeah, I got so much time for going, and it is unfashionable, and I don't care. I've got so much time for him as a filmmaker. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm a fan. I really liked the gentleman. I, I, I've liked everything he's done recently. Yeah. In fact, in fact, there hasn't been that much. I, I think no matter what, he's always interesting. I mean, th- yeah. I mean, uh, uh, there's barely a film of his I don't like. That's that's like that's the thing. I've never seen Swept Away. In fairness, um, I've seen Swept Away. It's not very good. Um, but it's it's nowhere near as bad as people will tell you it is. It, it's just you're watching it going, ah, you're a director for hire, but the person who's hiring you is your wife. <laughs> Uh, in other news, Edgar Wright has got another film set up after last night in Soho, which is due out later this year. He's doing a remake of The Running Man. Yep. That's... Sure. <laughs> yeah. I have one mild caveat, though, for it. I want, I want to, to, to know who he's casting in the lead role. Yeah. I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to play the game show host. Mm. could work but I don't know whether he's whether it feel a bit stilted do you know what I my mean, worry is Charles Schwarzenegger does feel a bit stilted that's it that's, that's what his I mean. charm but yeah that it is I think Edgar Wright doing that could be really fucking fun uh, but it all depends on who gets cast there mm. if you cast somebody in the mould of and I'm not saying these people, but in like the same vein of something like of how he cast uh, Scott Pilgrim or uh, Baby Driver, mm. uh, one movie that I really liked, one movie that I couldn't get on with, um, then I'll be a little bit like, ah, that don't work. But I don't see how he can do that with this movie. It's got to be an older actor. Yeah. It, 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 it's got to be like a very, very big name as well, I think. You know, yeah. um, this doesn't feel like a like a last night in Soho scale bit of work, you know? I mean, it's weird because he was talking for ages about Baby Driver too, but then Christopher Plummer died. So I, I don't think he would have been able to do anything there. Um, I mean, go, go on then. Who, who would you be casting? Um, you see, my worry is that you would cast someone like John Hamm because John Hamm is just this person who seems to be, I can do anything. <laughs> I'm funny. I'm dramatic. Do you know what? I'm going to be an action star. He does you know, have physicality for it. He, he does. He's a he's a big guy. Yeah, but he's but not I, like. He, no, he, does have, he doesn't have the energy for it. No, he doesn't have the energy for <laughs> he, it. Like I just John Hamm is one actor who I just want to fucking scream at and just go, look, just stay in your lane <laughs> or just pick <laughs> a lane. There's, there's, yeah, a lane. there's an element of pick a lane to him. I, I, I have a really, I have a really obvious one, but I do think it would work. Go on. Hardy. 
buff Hardy rather than like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy slightly doughy dad bod Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. But it, is, it, it feels a little bit obvious. You'd watch it though. Go for a completely different vibe and just get Keanu Reeves to do it. He just does everything and everything that he does is perfect, so it'd be fine. If you want to remake a film I really like, at least put a star in it I really like. Uh, I, I'm excited about the Edgar Wright uh, doing Running Man. I think it's a really interesting one. I really like the Running Man, but I do think it, it, it a remake of it could work really, really well. And uh, Wright isn't just gonna, isn't you aren't gonna get a a CGI nightmare version of it mm. with no. Edgar Wright. You will get it will it will have a very distinct style, and I do think he'll probably. I think he'll go for rather than like the neon that somebody else would go for. I think he's gonna go for the industrial kind of blacks and golds with it. Mm. Yeah. In other yeah. remake news, Train to Busan is getting a remake. Um, produced produced by James Wan and yeah. will be directed by Timo Giganto, who um, co-directed the VHS two se- um, sequence with Gareth Evans. Where they go to that, um, uh, fuck, I've lost the word. Um, that kind of cult, cultist place. Um, and then I think at the end, like the devil's there or something. Um, have, have you guys seen VHS too? I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of those where I, I know I've sat down and watched it. How much of it actually permeated into my senses is a very different matter. <laughs> yeah. But, no. but I would also point out that I am the person who messaged our uh, our boy chat the other day and went, "Oh my god, can't believe I haven't seen this about a movie." For Noel to then message back going, "You have, Mark." Yeah, that's pretty good. And me to go, "Oh yeah, clearly I have. <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed it." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Um, the ginger dead man, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck's sake. Gary Busey. Um, the ginger man literally has Gary Busey teeth in it as well. It's wonderful. Theory, mate. No, but um, he 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 also directed the uh, the Netflix film The Night Comes for Us. Um, oh yes. Which I watched when we stayed in Manchester and went to see John Carpenter, and I think we all. Like of in like the Sunday morning, I just stuck that on, and had a very very good time with it. Um, I'm up for this. Everyone loves Train to Busan. I was pretty lukewarm on it, so I'll watch another director have a crack at it. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm up for it. I, I, you were very heavy on it way back. So. I really liked it. Um, whereas I thought it was. It was decent. I enjoyed it enough. I don't think it was as good as the sequel. <laughs> Peninsula. Peninsula yeah. is good. Um, also, another bit of uh, news, casting news. Um, so, well, is it Pedro Pascal in the Last of Us movie? It isn't. That's not TV a show. TV show. Oh, is it TV show? We can't talk about that then. No. Um, so, uh, Jesse Plemons is now the lead in the uh, new Scorsese movie for Apple. Do you know what? For some reason, for some reason, when you said... Jesse Plemons is now the lead in. My brain went, West Side Story? No, that won't work. I don't think it will. Well, I, I don't know. He might. Could Spielberg be. might replace. Uh, that's, oh that's a whole thing to come, isn't it? With, with, with Plemons, yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that. I want to watch that more than the Elgort one now. 
I think I, I literally think everybody wants to watch that more than the Elgort one, apart from Ansel Elgort. <laughs> yeah, there is there is a distinct of, of that movie. It's like they've gone, oh, it's been delayed from to COVID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nothing to do with the fact that we're waiting for it all to blow over that our stars are bit of a creep. Ansel Elgort feels like a made-up name that should be like an anagram for like the devil in a film or something like like um. Lewis Cipher in Angel Heart. It it just it feels like a movie name. Yeah, Amstel yes. Elgort. It is, isn't it? It's it, it it it's it's like a rejected fucking Lord of the Rings name. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the leader of the elves, Amstel Elgort. That would work. That would work. That would work. No, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon like 200 million dollar budget or whatever because scorsese's gonna scorsese um apple willingly paying it because it's just like yes yes please but i we would like to buy an award um how do we do that we make a scorsese film yes but that's absolutely fine the the, the amusing thing about it about reading about this story about jesse plenden's getting the what is it is is there's a couple of things about it one is that he has to turn jordan peele down um for being the lead in his new movie to take the lead in scorsese's movie and even jordan peele has gone i mean i'd turn down the lead in my own movie to be the lead in a scorsese movie (laughs) (laughs) so that was really cool that he literally came out and went no i will work with him again at some point but yeah go do the scorsese thing man you, yeah, you, yeah. The other bit one, it seems to have come about because of an argument between <laughs> between DiCaprio and the writers, in the sense that um, DiCaprio literally wanted to do something with the character, and they've gone, well, no, we, we'd like to keep it like this. And so DiCaprio's gone, all right, well, I don't think it's going to work then, so I can I play this guy instead? And they've gone, yeah, why not? And then Blenheim's has moved a bit of that. So it seems to have been, like, the nicest argument that's ever happened. And the writer's gone, no, everything's fine. And DiCaprio's like, yeah, it's all, it's all cool. <laughs> yeah, correct. I mean, it's... I'm assuming we'll see that next year, like, award uh, season next yeah, year. award season next year. Yeah. So, Salt yeah. banana. Great. Um, trailers. What what's what's been what's been out there? What's been spinning in people's eyes? Well, Mark, I was very very disappointed to see that your cut of the Cruella trailer didn't make um, didn't make it. Yeah, it was annoying. Um, I have been ghosted uh, by Disney so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, do you think do you think it was the skinned puppies and Emma Stone masturbating all over them? Uh they they said that was too far. I still yeah. maintain that um that she should have been um uh, pouring a glass of blood over her head in it, and they she should have been pouring a glass over a uh, a blood over her head at the same time. Yeah, exactly at the same time. Right. They they, okay. they, they yeah. wouldn't have it. Yeah. Do you enjoy I, the I, fact that this is a Disney movie though, and it's still got Emma Stone staggering around with a glass of whiskey? Yeah. I'm I'm keen for the vibe of this movie. It is. However, I went out. I bought all those rabbits. I I gutted them. Got all that blood soaked in and everything like that for days. I spent doing that, yeah. and they still haven't given me my eight dollars for it. It's not right. It's not right. What my eight dollars, Disney? Film itself. Um, 
Well, now, I mean, I suppose a little bit of news as as we um, talk. It looks like the earliest cinemas will open in the, in the UK is May the 17th. Mm-hmm. So Disney have two theatrically released films due in May, Black Widow and Cruella. That smells to me like Cruella might just be a Disney Plus job or maybe comes out in June. I think Black Widow comes out first. Um, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I'm not really feeling it, to be honest. I, 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 I think Becky's point about, you know, it's a Disney film where a, a character's drinking a, a drinking some whiskey. I, I like, you know, I like that. I like that they're pushing things there. But I, it's like my problem with the poster we talked about last week. She, if she is, I, I don't want her to be like a misunderstood, misunderstood villain. I, we don't, fucking need a backstory for Corella Deville. It, that that's it. We've seen the trailer and we still don't know what it's actually about. Mm. Mm. And that's it. If she's if it is that she's just a dick throughout it and there's no kind of like oh this is the reasoning or anything like that. That's great. She'd prefer that. Then then I then what is the point in making the movie? <laughs> no, I mean no, but then again, if it's Disney's I care a lot I'm kind of interested. I, I, I am, but it won't be. No, but it won't be. Yeah, of course it won't. <laughs> that, that's the thing. But the thing is, I, I, I have a feeling that if it's like, if it's like 118 minutes, it'll be crap. If it's 99 minutes, it'll be brilliant. <laughs> My, I wonder whether it's going to be 83 minutes long, cut to shit, and no one, no one's going to be that happy about it. But because it's in the cinema, it makes six hundred million dollars worldwide, and people go, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> or it'll come out, and it'll be it'll be a hundred and thirty-five minutes long, <laughs> and it'll just be all all the trails that we want is it. It'll just be a really big think piece. Oh. Cut it to shit. Everyone will be like, "Ah, oh, release the Gillespie cut." Yeah, 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 exactly. Like a director's cut version of, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be alright with that. It, 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 I love the fact that one of the trivia pieces for an IMDb was is filming was delayed due to Emma Stone dislocating her shoulder at a Spice Girls concert, <laughs> where she fell off her friend's shoulders. When were they filming? Um, well, this happened. She fell off her friend's shoulders at a Spice Girls concert in June 2019. The Spice Girls were to get, were doing concerts in 2019. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I mean, that's a great bit of trivia. That's pretty fucking funny. Um, okay, fair enough. God, time is something, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> it's so weird, though, that the director of Lars and the Real Girl is making a Disney Cruella movie. I mean, he's you got... Fu- some subversive shit on Oh, without question. <laughs> Nicolas Cage was considered to appear. It is unclear in what role. That's one of the dogs. I'd love that. Him and Russell Crowe. Yeah, the car, I was going to... Fuck. Beat me too. I was going to say they were going to cast Russell Crowe. They cast Russell Crowe instead in a secret role. <laughs> <laughs> As all the dogs. As every single dog. Every single dog. But he just holds a plaque up that just says what dog he is. Yeah. I reckon they just looked at Nicolas Cage and his hairpiece and they were like, let's do a bit, right? You know, like she skins animals. Let's do a bit where she just peels his hairpiece off. And that was going to be... That's my carb. Gold. Like with his scalp. No, anywhere. Jesus. Love it. 
Uh, yeah, so Cruella. Yeah, I just I still don't know what the fuck it is. I think what you just said that the imagery looks good. It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Even though somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter. I wish I remember who it was because it's fucking genius. Was like, did they just every single shot of the trailer is like they just left the camera rolling on a dolly. Like every single shot, the camera is just moving in. Yeah. It's really weird. Once you notice that, you don't unnotice it with that trailer. It's very odd. It, yeah, I, I, yeah, like you say, now I, I didn't think about it at the time, but now when my mind's going back to the trailer, it's going, yeah, actually, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, go on then, Ian. Right, fucking hell. Okay. I mean, I needed this. I needed this very, very badly. The trailer for Mortal Kombat is maybe my favourite two minutes of cinema in 2021 thus far. I fucking love what they are proposing here. The idea that it's like Sub-Zero is almost some like otherworldly assassin in the real world who in his wake just leaves a crime scene where detectives are just going well why is there so much ice (laughs) massive massive fan of that huge um it looks gnarly as fuck which the games are like yes the yeah. last the last few games since the reboot in 2011 those games are horrific <laughs> but in the most entertaining way um the fatalities in like the latest one i i, I mean they're they're ridiculous and the fact that this film is leaning in and but just going right you know how you liked or like video games here is a movie that is as dumb as that but doing it in in kind of an interesting real world context and has a a kill where someone's blood is turned into an icicle and then they are stabbed with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I, uh, cannot wait. Um, you know, very, very, very tempted to try my hardest to not HBO Max it and see it in a cinema when I can. I don't think I'm going to be able to. But I want to see this big, and I want to see it drunk. Yeah, I think, I think I'm think probably going to have to go for the one. Never mind, I think, sorry. I, I missed you after watched the trailer and said, it just seems like a movie that it would be illegal to watch before 9pm. Mm, mm, mm. Not allowed. Not, not allowed. You've got to press play and HBO Max just goes, no, no. HBO Max should do a breathalyzer test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the breathing you remote. 
you know, and, and you know, or, or you know, if you're teetotal, fair enough. You do the I'm teetotal. It goes. That's a shame. You're not going to like it as much. But here's the film. But I, I can't wait. I, I, I am so up for Mortal Kombat. Well done, trailer editors. Next, what do you think for Mortal Kombat trailer? It, yeah, it just looks fun and violent and. Like saying, just it looks like a film that that would be best seen big, if possible. Yeah. Um, but if not possible, then you know it is what it is. It's uh, yeah, it 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 looks really good fun. I I used to there was Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat with the the fighting games, weren't they? And whoa, are you leaving out the Amiga game Bloody Blows? It would appear so, yes. Um. <laughs> Mark, just do us a favour and shut the fuck up for a second, all right? Um, and Mortal Kombat was was always my preferred fighting game because it was just more fucking violent than Street Fighter. Um, and it seems to have captured that vibe very well. So, yeah, on board. Yeah, I, 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 it just, it looks daft, but it looks like it's not trying to play daft. No, no. It looks like it, it knows what it is. Mm. Yeah, it's it's got a serious enough tone that you're not looking at it thinking it's just fucking stupid. They're just taking the piss, like with say for instance the Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's not trying for big like it's not trying to fucking win an Oscar out, is it? Let's be honest. No, it, it's it, it seems to be channeling a lot of like um early 90s martial arts movies. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be looking at that. But with an aesthetic of like the the early eighties, late seventies, um, sort of Japanese and Taiwanese uh, martial arts movies. Mm. I mean, the cast is quietly ridiculous as well. Um, you know, Hiroyuki Sanada, my sunshine boy, is Scorpion. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Tadanobu Asano is Raiden. Joe Taslim is Sub Zero and Noob Cybot. I, I, it, it's, I mean, Chin Han, um, who is, um, fuck it, um, he's the dodgy guy in the Dark Knight, the television. Yeah. You know, like he's there as Shang Tsung. Go on then. You know, um, I mean, nobody's listed as um Johnny Cage, which makes me. Very, very excited for a post-credits where Johnny Cage is introduced and he's played by Nick Cage. <laughs> um, needs needs to happen, and I'm I'm willing it into existence now. Um, it, it, like that's the thing. It's just it's a legit, really fucking interesting cast as well. And uh, yeah, I I just I'm super, 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 super excited for it. Um, and I mean, shit, it's uh, produced by James Wan as well. Uh, great. You know, like it's not executive produced. It's his production company. That's fucking amazing. What's the premise? A washed up mixed martial arts fighter named Cole Young is unaware of his hidden lineage or why he's being hunted down by Sub-Zero. Concerned for the safety of his family, he seeks out a clique of fighters that were chosen to defend Earthrealm in a high stakes battle against the forces of Outworld. Uh, yes. Yes, I want it all. I want all of that. I want it now. I want it now. 
Why can't I have it now? It's not long. It's too long. Everything's <laughs> too far away, Mark. <laughs> but March. The thing about March, right? Starts off strong. 5th of March, we got Coming to America. We've got Coming to America in 10 days. Right? God, mental. That's brilliant. And we were we were bemoaning. I mean, that's one good thing, though, is we were bemoaning that we wanted it at Christmas. And next week is March. <laughs> right? So time is going quick. So that's something. However, you got that? You got Raya and the Last Dragon. Really looking forward to that. The end of March, we got Re- Without Remorse, the Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy film. I'm really looking forward to that. Yep. In between that, it fuck, dead space. There's there's fuck all. I'm already a little bit concerned about what we are going to cover in the podcast for most of the month of March. We'll get we'll do something. There'll be shows. Oh, there'll be something, yeah. But March. Do uh, a retro review of something. Oh no! Do you know what? I'm talking out my ass. We got Zack Snyder's Justice League one week and Godzilla Godzilla versus Kong the next. So actually, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> we're stacked. <laughs> we're stacked. Stacked with probable poopy pants, but stacked. Then April. What have we got in April? Can't even. We got Mortal Kombat, but I think it's the 26th of April. It's two months time. It's two months. It's too long. It's Why the, can't I have it now, Mark? Tell me. It's the 16th of April, I believe. Cool. That's great. Ten days earlier. I still Ten want it up. now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's fair to say in late the trailer of Mortal Kombat. I want it. Yeah. So let's... I think it's the movie we all need right now. I think it could be the movie we all need right now. Oh, fuck. A bit of mindless violence. So any other trailers? No. Should cool. we talk about Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I, we, let, one last thing. Away. One oh. last thing. One last thing, and I promise I'll stop. The way they do like some sort of orchestral, like slow version of that Mortal Kombat theme tune at the end of the trailer is incredible. I'm done. It- it, it, it does seem like a movie that if 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 the trailer is just like a snippet of, of the movie, it's just a two-hour version of the trailer, <laughs> it could be just fucking... It, it could tick all the boxes, whereby critics just pan it, but everybody who watches it fucking loves it. <laughs> a, a, somebody is stabbed with an icicle of their own blood. And it's, it's done in such a fucking cool way as well. It, it just looks the like it hurts. Is pretty cool, to be fair. Yeah. It just looked like it hurts so much. I very much looking forward to it. So, beautifully segwaying from Mortal Kombat to...
Monster Hunter. Yes. Um, so it's written and directed by Paul W. Anderson, and he's joined again by his his missus, uh, Mila Jokovic. Uh, we also have Tony Jaa there, um, a bunch of other people, and Ron Perlman and Ron Perlman's wig. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read the plot out directly from IMDb because it, 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 it will make as much sense as what I will try and say. Um, when Lieutenant Artemis uh, and her loyal soldiers are transported to a new world, they engage in a desperate battle for survival against enormous enemies with incredible powers. Feature film based on the game by Capcom. Uh, Ian, you were excited for Monster Hunter. How excited were you when you saw Ron Perlman's hair at the start of it? I mean, it was the thing that topped me off, quite frankly, Mark. I mean, did it, did it set the tone brilliantly? And you go, "Yep, I'm fine. We're gonna be okay, guys." I mean, right. The opening scene of this film is Ron Perlman basically like captaining a pirate ship that sails on sand. Yeah. While a monster is after them. <laughs> I. I just yes and the problem was he disappeared for far too well it's not a problem because I enjoyed what what occurred in between but he disappears and then he's not on screen again for probably like another hour but Monster Hunter is a film that has made fuck all worldwide um and I feel I feel very bad for those involved because I think they've made a fun, brainless, but not necessarily stupid. Just you don't need to think here. Bit of really entertaining fluff, which I bet made fans of the games f- fucking incensed. <laughs> now, so you played I, the game, yeah. I have limit so there's been loads of Monster Hunter games. I have very limited experience. I've 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 put a few hours into Monster Hunter World on on the PlayStation 4. And the thing is, Lieutenant Artemis and Co just aren't in it at all. <laughs> There's none of this bridge between worlds stuff happening. It's all set in the Monster Hunter world. And I think it's interesting that they've, you know, like with Resident Evil, Paul Paul W.S. Anderson's kind of like mixed things up a little bit in the telling of the tale. And in a way, I get it because you want to kind of introduce people to the concepts. But I love the fact that the concept is you've got the opening scene, you've got Mila Jovovich, T.I. and others trying to find a missing team. And, I mean, is it is it even 10 minutes before they've been transported? It's quick. Yeah, it, is, it, it is quick. If it if it isn't te- if it isn't under ten minutes, it, it it's not far off it. No, I mean within what half an hour. Spoilers, as always. All her team are dead. <laughs> <laughs> T 
T.I. going in an incredibly horrific way. Um, and, and then it just turns into a buddy movie. Does Monster Hunter World have any of this stuff? No. But do I want to see Mila Jovovich and, um, fuck me. I swear to Tony, yeah. Thank you. I had Johnny in my head and that's obviously wrong. Tony, yeah. And then it turns into enemy mine for a bit. And then Ron Perlman rocks up and it's let's have some cat chefs, which are in the games. The Palicos are in the games. Lovely to see a Palico. And then let's just have a bunch of CG BT uppy stuff, which I really quite enjoyed. And then one of the most egregious sequel setups of all time, where it's not so much a sequel setup as we've run out of money. (laughs) But in the spirit of this fucking goofy ass film, I was like, yeah, why not? That's that's brilliant. We got a mid credits, is it? What's the mid credits? The reveal that the cat can fight as well. Well done. Well done. Stand up. Applause. End of film. I, it's not a five out of five banger. Do not get me wrong. It is not a five out of five banger. But in terms of the films we need right now, Bill and Ted Face the Music can fuck right off. I need Monster Hunter. And Mortal Kombat. Yes. Would you like me to talk about Mortal Kombat again? <laughs> you can if you if you if you want. Oh. Right, so Bex, there's a bit in that trailer, right, where <laughs> someone's blood is turned into an icicle and they're stabbed. Wow. Does it look like it hurts? Oh, it looked like it. I'll tell you what, dude. It looked like it hurt. Uh, oh, yeah. Mortal Kombat, man. What a trailer. You love to see it. Oh, oh. You're a huge fan of the Resident Evil films, which, of course, uh, part of Sanderson started and directed a number of them, uh, and they all star uh, Miliokovic there. I find it quite interesting, obviously, what, what Ian said as well about this does not follow the plot of the game at all, as also does Resident Evil not. Yeah. So clearly that's just Paul W.S. Anderson's thing. I like this game. I want to make a film of this game, but not with any story of the game. No. No, he's a weird author, isn't he? <laughs> um, so, Monster Hunter, what do you think in terms of for that? In terms of for a, a team up between that director and uh, that actor again, how does it stand up against sort of the Resident Evil films? There, um, I mean, they're obviously they're completely different animals, but they obviously have a good relationship, being husband and wife, and I think that that comes across in that he he, he gets a lot out of her. She she is great in this kind of badass role. I I love Millie Ovovich. I will I would literally watch her in anything, but things where she's kicking ass is is obviously the preference because she's she's very good at it. And it's like I said to you when we were watching um watching this, she's got a physicality to her that's not she's not got like a fucking stocky over muscled Gina Carano kind of look like when she's in hair and she tries to wear a dress and she just looks ridiculous um but she doesn't look like a lot of the time you get pretty actresses play action roles and they just do not suit it at all case in point 
Megan Fox in whatever that piece of shit was that we watched. Rogue. Rogue. You know, she, she doesn't suit the role. It doesn't doesn't work. Whereas Miljovovic does look like she could. She does look like she could be sort of a fairly high up person in the army. She's got a wiry, strong physicality to her that 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 suits it. She's good at it. She's good at the choreography and the fighting and stuff like that as well. You know, I know it, it bothered you seeing her up no, against no, Tony that, Gar. That, that no, that's not what bothered. No, it was him having to dumb his fighting down. It, no, right. I'll explain this and I'll jump in quickly and explain this because you're making me sound like an ass now. No, I didn't mean it specifically for that. I meant it in a generalisation. It bothers me when you have somebody who, so somebody like Tony Gar, who is a who is very deeply trained in all of these things that he can do. Mm. And then you put them up against somebody who has clearly has training for that, but hasn't been doing it since they were six years old and can't do the same level of things that that, that, that these people can do. So what they have to do is, if you're looking at going, right, but that you wouldn't beat that person in, in that. And I, I get what it is, but it should, it, there was a few points in it where it was a little bit like, so he had just seemed to be just like going through the motions. It just seemed a little bit too easy for him. I don't know. The the, the, the thing is, like, you've got. It wasn't a criticism. <laughs> it was a comment. A comment. Um, you've got. I, I think the 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 the. the, the just I'll stop Elmer flooding for a second <laughs> were, and then restart. You, you were flooding a little bit there, Max. Yeah. <laughs> that fight for me, it, it feels like it's supposed to be a bit of a juxtaposition of the the balled up fist slash hammer mentality of American army and how they would fight versus the finely tuned scalpel of how Tony Yard would fight. And, it, it, you know, they both have their benefits and different kind of yeah. force points, I guess. But I, I, I absolutely, once it kind of, obviously it had its rah kind of opening and then it kind of goes a bit quiet for a little bit and you get this kind of like like Ian said like a buddy movie kind of vibe and the bit where they're just kind of trying to work out how to navigate each other and then once they do kind of form this like little like truce once you realize oh, I want it to kick his ass but I don't want him to fall down in that thing and be eaten by those spiders right I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull him back out of this hole and then they have this kind of thing and all food is chocolate it, it it's just got this really kind of lovely right I can't understand you you can't understand me but let's just make the fucking best of it kind of thing and it's it's really quite like nice and sweet and then you've got this cool like training weapons making montage bit where they're trying to work out how to beat the sandworm dude yeah um and yeah I just I, I just really 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 liked it really liked it to be fair and then obviously you've got the bit once they get to the bit when they get to the the light lake bit and say oh yeah water yeah go for it (laughs) (laughs) and then just laughs at her and calls her bait um and then obviously then there's Ron Perlman in his hair yeah and that happens yeah I I don't think I was as into it as you guys but I don't think I was ever set up to be as into it as as you guys I think it's much more one thing I did want to say before we go on to you I thought like daylight set monster movies are a tricky proposition because you can hide shitty design in darkness you can't if it's all set in daylight the monster design in this is fucking great are they directly lifted from the game though i don't know i've not played the game yeah 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 that's that that's it the game monsters are often really well designed um yeah i 
there were certain bits of it. It it had that that Paul Lewis Anderson thing of it's some of the dialogue was very clunky. Um, I, I got a little bit like the the um, the army unit that she had, the range unit there. A lot of their dialogue was a bit like, right, it, it, is that how they would actually speak or how you just think they would speak because you're from a, <laughs> a posh town in England? Do they but refer they, to anything as the package at any point? Oh, I don't they do actually <laughs> refer to anything as the package or the payload. <laughs> uh, but they do constantly go, we fight and we're just trained to kill. It's like, I mean, you're doing a really shitty job of it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you all die really quickly. <laughs> but that's the thing. They all die so quickly. And then it's most of the film is Mila Jovovich just chatting to a guy and then him just making faces at her. Yeah. It's I great. It's... There's a warmth to that sec- section, though, even though even though they're not actually having a conversation, there's a, there's a kind of warmth to it within their kind of interaction. Mm. Mm. Yep. But, but then that weird cat thing turned up. Your reaction to that was hilarious. He <laughs> popped up on screen, screen and you were just like, oh! <laughs> I did not expect it. <laughs> I did not. I, it, out of all the things that, that were happening in this movie, when the fucking cat turned up and started making kick-ass looking food, I was like, I mean, where the fuck's this dude been? <laughs> Fuck up everyone else. I want that guy's movie. Um, yeah, I, it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. Would I want more of them? Yes, of course I would. Because why not? <laughs> you know, will they happen? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where you'd look at it normally on the face of it and go, no, we won't get any more of these because it hasn't done well. However, we have pandemic. And the fact that it's Paul W.S. Anderson to look at and go, do you know what? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it does look it does go an awful lot um, towards the end. Like they've they've run out of money. And like, um, what was that? uh, What was that? James, James, Josh Brolin one. Um, Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, yeah, where they, where they literally just run out of money, so they they, they just melded the two endings they filmed half of <laughs> together. Is that why it's messy as fuck? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that it, it did feel a little bit like that. Um, it it looks good. Um, and yeah, I, I, the thing is, I like the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson and Miljokovic are, are, are out there still making these types of movies because they are fun, they are throwaway, and why not? You know, it's it, it's very easy, I think, nowadays to hold up every blockbuster movie up against the Marvel movie and go, well, it's good, but it's not quite this. It's like, right, but does it need to be? And it does seem like a little bit the world's waiting for its new franchise. You can't compare it to the Marvel movies, no, I'm not, though. I'm not it's like, you know, what it. people do, but it's like with the Marvel movies, you spent film after film after film after film learning to care about these people. Yeah, but that's it. It, it just it feels like we're, 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 we are waiting for the next franchise. You know, the, the Marvel thing is in a weird place at the moment. Uh, the DC one's just not fucking working, and um, Fast 
the fast movies, they're coming towards the end mm. um, of them. So, you know, what's going to be what's going to be the next one? You know, the, the Mission Impossible one, we've got another couple of those, but that's probably going to be the end of it. Um, you know, because Tom Cruise will be 60 by the time the, the next one comes out, right. the last one comes out. He's um, not a normal 60-year-old, though, will it, is it? No, but still. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's not going to be Monster Hunter, but I'd like to think that it's going to be something, there's going to be something like this that's going to grow organically. Yeah. But, like, would we have said 20 years ago, uh, when Fast and Furious came out, would you have said 20 years ago then and gone, oh, in 20 years' time, we'll be looking at the fucking ninth of these and they will be billion-dollar guarantee yeah, movies? exactly. Well, Marvel, when, when Iron Man came out, I mean, yes, Marvel had a fan base for the comic books and stuff, but you wouldn't have expected them to be the global fucking juggernaut that they are. No, um, but, you know, so it's probably not in Boston. But it could be. It could be. It were. But if... It could be the Resident Evil reboot. If they'd have pitched it as... Look at this cat. Did you know he's a chef? And he can kick the shit out of things as well. I think you might have had a better minute. It should play Monster Hunter World. Like, the cats are chefs in that, and then they make the food that you then take with you to give you health while you're hunting monsters. Yeah, what I would literally just do that is just keep going back to them. It'd just be, it'd be three hours, and just my character walking out just going, I'm so old! I can't hunt any monsters! <laughs> You'd be writing to Capcom saying, can I play one of the cat chefs as a playable character? Yes. I wish to learn to make sushi. Yeah, that's it. I want, I want a side game. <laughs> it's just that. Well, you have a Palico come with you, I'm pretty sure, in Monster Hunter World. You have, like, a Palico companion. If I can't play them, I don't give a shit. That's fair. But, yeah, Ron Perlman... Is, is doing some things in that and I like it. Um, so yeah. Um, wh- 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 where His hair I... is heinous though. Whoa. Heinous. It's not. It's it it's pretty special. I like to think that, that, that there was there was several different fucking wig options. <laughs> and that he put it on and went, this is the one. And Paul just said just went, I don't think it is Ron. No, anyway, he went, no, no. I, I wasn't, it wasn't a discussion. It was a, this is the one. Oh, that. That's it in the game. It, what's it called? Then? I think it's carrying something. Oh. Um, so yeah, so uh, I mean, I am, I, I'm teetering towards Geostorm, to be honest. Oh. Sacrilege. But, but then again, yeah, but then no way. But I don't think it's shit, so I can't I go Geostorm. I don't think it's shit. I think it'll be unfairly maligned when actually it's a fun movie. And, like, Ian's there. I, I actually liked, really liked uh, Bill and Ted uh, 3. But if you were to sit me down now and say, right, you need to watch Bill and Ted 3 or Monster Hunter again, which one are you watching? I'd go Monster Hunter. You're fucking watching Monster Hunter. You are. Yeah. You just, you, you are. Because it, it's funny. It's got actually seen it. I like the fact, like you said there, Bex, that a lot of it's set um, out in daylight. Mm. And the plot is paper thin. <laughs> but the plot of this movie should be paper thin. You don't want a weighty, moral no. looking plot. You don't want that. You want, you want it literally to be, oh, they need to get across to that. Oh, there's a big tower. Oh, what does the tower do? Oh, fucking guys. What does a cat do in sushi? So where do you want it, Bex? Oh, definitely not shit. Ian. 
Yeah, definitely not shit. Of course. And our audience poll, definitely not shit, 20%. Touching cloth, 0%. Shit, 40%. And Geostorm, 40%. Obviously, other people are having a less violence needing lockdown than we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are. Um... CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Hunter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Are you a craft beer junkie? Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with the brewers, behind the scenes access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always... Keep drinking, you dum-dums. Ian, what have you been watching, bud? Mortal Kombat! I watched the Paul W.S. Anderson 95 film, Mortal Kombat. I forgot he did that. Um, came after watching that trailer. I was like, I want to watch Mortal Kombat. That was his uh, second movie, wasn't it? Yeah, after shopping. After yeah. Shopping. That's on Prime. We might be watching that tonight. I'm not going to lie. Well, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah, it leaves Prime next week as well. So, you know. Um, it's not very good. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't really, I can, you know. Um, I mean, be honest, Ian. It's crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, a cut the, 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 the fucking Kung Lao versus Reptile sequence, I think, is quite fun, and I think the Johnny Cage versus Scorpion, Scorpion, just the, what is going on in that one is incredible. It's Johnny Cage walking along in like a forest where the trees are all lined up perfectly, or whatever it is, is lined up perfectly. And then Scorpion just appears. And it's like, right, let's have a fight then. And then they start fighting. And then Scorpion appears to literally transport Johnny Cage to hell. Um, 
And then after that fight, Johnny Cage is just back as if nothing had happened. <laughs> but it, it's brilliant. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever, but I'm a fan. Um, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> like, it kind of feels like Paul, like he was just laughing about being in it. And Paul W.S. Anderson was like, I want you to use that. <laughs> and and instead of being like the... I imagine Tadanobu Asano is going to play it as not quite the laughing at his own jokes as Christopher Lambert does, but who knows? Um, but what the fuck? It looks awful. Like, the look of it is so bad. I did not know that Cameron Diaz was originally supposed to be in this movie. Was she Sonya? Yeah. Fucking hell. And then they got the um, uh, pretty... Uh, sorry, Brigitte Wilson Sam, who then was Brigitte Wilson Sampras. Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. I mean, it's absolute bobbins. But the. I mean, uh, Carrie. Uh. Uh. Carrie. Uh, God, what's his name? Carrie Hiroyuki Tanaga, I think his name is, as Shang Tsung. He's pretty good. Him looking at the screen directly down the barrel of the camera and going, your soul is mine, is actually quite intimidating. It's like, I wouldn't want him to say that to me. <laughs> you know, he, he really like uses his mouth to accentuate the words as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, something that often happens, Donna like walked in uh, while I was watching it with with the uh, her basically what you what are you watching in the in in the style of what fucking shite have you got on now which i respect <laughs> um i was like mortal Kombat, and she sat down like because it like i was like oh it's going to end in a couple of minutes and the ending of it is like everything's happy and then the clouds turn and then Shao Kahn is there, like just awful projection in in the sky. And then they like all the survive like the surviving good guys. It's just on a profile shot of all of them as they then strike their fighting poses. <laughs> and Donna just burst out laughing. And it, it just like you know she didn't really have any context for what was going on, but just thought that was funny. That's kind of Mortal Kombat. It's just like every now and then you will laugh <laughs> for like 95 minutes or so. And also the fuck, the fucking balls to know that that Mortal Kombat song was going to be so popular that it literally played over the new line logo. You know, if it was the second film and they did that once they knew how popular it was, fair enough. But the fact they're like this 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 song this track is the thing so they play it over it and it fucking works you got the new line logo you got the credits going around the mortal kombat logo and then it says mortal kombat it's like um oh god i'm up for this you know if they do that with the new one i'd be up seriously if they did that with like the new the new new line logo where it's like the warner brother like shield and then it turns into the new line one but it's that fucking 90s mortal kombat track like i will be starting the film at a five out of five (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah i mean i you know i'm not gonna lie 
it's shit. <laughs> but I've watched that film more than a few times in my life. Something draws me to it. <laughs> and, and this time... I have a feeling it won't be the last either, will it? No, it probably won't. That's, but I've never seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And I probably should. Probably should, because apparently it's the better one of the two. Oh, I've heard it's awful. Oh, well, we, we shall see. I, I, I imagine I'll be watching it before the, the new one. Um, Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Fucking hell. Um, so, obviously, I watched uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, but, you know, uh, listen to there are back again for that. Um, watched WandaVision the other day, and then Donna was like, do I need to know about Ultron? I was like, I don't know. Um, do you want to know about Ultron? And she was like, he was in an Avengers film. Yeah, he was in Age of Ultron. Have I seen that? You fell asleep during it. Should we watch that? So we watched Age of Ultron. I like Age of Ultron more every time I watch it. Yep. That film is interesting. It's Written and directed by a not very cool man. Just going to say that. It's going to be fascinating in years hence for people to, you know, the whole separating the art from the artist and you have to deal with Joss Whedon directing the first Avengers film and writing it. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to be something. (laughs) Anyway, but people don't like Age of Ultron. James Spader is fucking brilliant in Age of Ultron. It's the perfect casting, isn't it? It, he, the way that character is like kind of reveling in the evil, but also like every now and then finding it kind of difficult to quite comprehend what's going on with with himself i i i i find that really interesting the scarlett johansson mark ruffalo relationship is great and it's annoying that it was almost essentially one and done you know that that there was never really a chance to build on that um i think they've got really nice chemistry and mark ruffalo getting out of that shower um I'd have fucked him there and then. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Um, action's good. I like I I I, I like how one off it is. Mm. You know, because like elements of the week, isn't it? Yes, that that and I did. The thing is, I think I was put off first time round because I was kind of like thinking, oh, what's it going to be? linking to and whatnot and you know there are bits of that which Whedon was apparently annoyed about like the whole kind of like four going off and having those visions and whatnot and then that kind of sets up Ragnarok and like Whedon was annoyed that he had to like include that it's one of the reasons why he fucked off even though I bet Marvel are thanking God (laughs) yeah um at this point but yeah I like I say I like it more and more um every time uh, I think the Iron Man versus Hulk fight is really fun. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid four star at this point. You know, um, it, it, it's a good time. Yeah, 
Yeah, we we watched it last year, didn't we? Um, and again, similar to you, every time I watch it, it gets better. It, it it's one of the Marvel movies that makes a lot more sense now with everything else that's happened. It 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 it, it has more going on than yeah. it at the time. Age of Ultron is the one where Vision gets introduced as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, made, created, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know what? And yeah, Don wanted some more kind of like backstory on Vision as well. Just like what the fuck was up with that? Because she'd not been conscious while we were watching it the first time round. Did that happen? You know. So uh, it's not not because I beat her up or anything. <laughs> it's just we had a few, <laughs> we'd had a few drinks and she fell asleep on the sofa. It happens to the best of us, you know. Um, just. Speaking of one division before we uh, before we carry on, just real quick. Just ground here. Poor Viz. I feel really sorry for him. He just wants to know what's going on. Yeah, and he's not he's not going to make it. So. No. no. That was it. Yeah. Enjoying Catherine Hahn. You up? I'm enjoying Catherine Hahn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's very good. Moving I quite on. enjoyed the modern family format of this week as well. Sorry, Mark. The one thing about that is the music in the background. I thought was a bit too much. If they mm. were trying to be modern family, I didn't think it. it, it I, that was one aspect where it's like you've gone a little bit overboard there. Anyway. TV done. There you go. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. May, may, you know, may, maybe we'll talk about it at the end of the season. There's two episodes to go, so. Um, last one for me. Um, rewatched Morning Glory. <laughs> Is that because it arrived on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, we saw it on Netflix, and I was like, this film's quite charming. It is. And it is. It's a film where the the romantic relationship is very much second fiddle. It's a story of Rachel McAdams and Harrison Ford becoming friends. And I think that's really fun. Ford is like good value in this. Rachel McAdams. It feels like the whole romantic comedy is going to basically going to Netflix and Amazon Prime has fucked her um you know eurovision she's amazing game night she's amazing she's in the fucking marvel universe you know i mean like she's the love interest in doctor strange i'm assuming she'll be in the second one you know and it almost feels like rachel mcadams is she's too good to just be the love interest in doctor strange Mm. she's she's fucking brilliant She's so warm and charming and naturally funny. Yeah. Um, she's she's great. I mean, Morning Glory is basically it's a hug of a film with the odd bit of like spice to it. It's a spicy hug. <laughs> I, I, I was a big fan of, of, of the film Morning Glory. Um I'm a big fan of Morning Glory, <laughs> but that would have sounded wrong. Um, it would, but you went ahead and said it anyway. Yeah, because it tickled me. Uh, yeah, my Morning Glory tickles me. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But Rachel McAdams is is always an awful lot of fun, and I like the fact that she she literally 
just bounces around doing stuff, but you hear nothing from her in between. <laughs> she has she has no intention of ever being a movie star. She just crops up in big movies. Yeah. It almost feels a little bit like like Rachel McAdams is what Anne Hathaway thinks she is. Not talented. I, I like Anne Hathaway, but I do think that she can sometimes come across as a little bit cold. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she can. But I think the opposite can be said for Rachel McAdams. Yeah. But yeah. what I will say here is, I think that people gave Morning Glory a go because they enjoyed Game Night so much. Yeah. Mm. Game Night's fucking fantastic. Yep. Sequel for that's out next year, I believe. What, Game Night? Yeah. What? Yeah, they're doing a sequel. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's due to be out next year, I think. Huh. You don't know about that one? No, I didn't. That's great. Really? Possible yeah. sequel. I'll just get up on Wikipedia. During yeah. the film's opening weekend, the screenwriter said it would be great to have sequels, super titles like Game Night or specific titles that feel genetically built to have sequels. That mean the movie that done it did well, and that's all I really care about at this stage. Do, do, you, do you have an advance on the screenwriter said he'd like to do a sequel on the opening weekend, Mark? Uh, apparently, Rich McAdams has, has, has said that as far as she was, I've read, I think I'm, this was like towards the turn of last year, that she, as far as she was concerned, that, that they, were, they would be starting filming towards the end of 2021. Oh, fair enough. Cool. Great. Uh, right, is that, is that all, all, of, all of yours, Ian? That's me, sir. Yeah. Becky, what have you been watching? I only watched one on my own. <gasps> What? <laughs> That's a bit of an overreaction. Um, but it was a documentary, so it doesn't really count. What was it? Framing Britney Spears. Oh, I'd have watched that. But fair enough. I don't think you were interested. Um, I will happily watch it again. No, I'm not watching it. I look at shit now. Don't be so silly. <laughs> I'd quite like to watch it again, actually. Well, I watched it after watch it, we watched I Care A Lot, which obviously we'll, we'll be talking about. But I don't know. It's, it's just... It, it's really icky to watch like it's really I think at the time it didn't really get questioned but like the the interview clips and things like that of adult male fucking chat show hosts asking her about her tits and whether she was still a virgin and stuff like that and it's like well there was the whole big story about her getting her boobs done weren't they and it was just fucking fair game for people to just talk about and it was there's what have you seen it Ian? Uh, no, I don't. It doesn't sound like something I want to spend my time watching. If I'm honest, it, it sounds very upsetting. There's there's a bit um, when it's dealing with the, the breakup of like the um, the relationship with Justin Timberlake, and there's like a radio clip of um, of him on some show. Um, and obviously, she got a lot of grief about it because it was very heavily kind of suggested that she cheated on him. Um, whereas by the sounds of it now, it sounds like they both were guilty of that. Um, but she was really much, very much painted as the bad guy. Um, and this radio clip, it's like some some hosts going, you know, this is the question that the everyone... Hoster. Possibly. Um, everyone really wants the answer to, you know, did you, you know, did, did you and Brittany, you know, did, did you do the deed? And 
and Justin Timberlake kind of he's like oh yeah and then the host's like oh come on come on come on he's like yeah yeah I did and it's just like it's just so fucking disrespectful it's awful and then obviously in the aftermath of watching I Care A Lot which is about like the, the guardianship thing but it's I think it's a very similar kind of situation yeah. to conservatorship and it's it's it just sounds like once you're in it it's so fucking difficult to get out of it and she's just trapped in there and her dad is like in charge of it and he had very very little to do with her until you know she was raised by a mum largely and then once the conservatorship situation came up he was suddenly the he was suddenly in charge of it and her financial affairs and and it just it, it just seems so much like he's just he's just in it for this whole money grabbing situation and then there's this clip of um like a documentary that was done after the the thing was started and that, the interviewer like asks her you know something along the lines of would you, you know how do you feel about it and stuff like that and she says something that I, I might be kind of getting different clips muddled up but She's like just the thought of being like free to, to to do what I want to do and make my own decisions and stuff like that. It just it just sounds so liberating and you know I just it's it's what I want. And then she just she just fucking breaks down in tears and it's it's honestly really quite painful to watch. Like that that woman is older than me and her dad is in charge of her life. It's just it's fucking tragic to be honest. Mm. I mean you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but so can I ask you a question now? One thing I I have heard about the documentary is that it is it does seem quite horrible about, but it does it is very much told with it's not trying to explore any sides. It is all it has an agenda. Well, it's it's largely been kicked off by obviously the free free Britney movement. Yeah. Um. So it it is more skewed to that side. To, to that side, yeah. But you know there is um sort of comment from from other people and stuff like that and clips of her mum talking and like background on her relationship with her dad and things like that but um yeah there's this there's this one clip of her of her brother being interviewed um and he, I can't remember exactly what he says but it's like you know that the, the Spears women are very very strong-minded and you know they, they want what they want which obviously can be a bad thing and the, the interview goes hang on sorry a woman wanting what she wants is is a bad thing. He's like, oh no, no, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. And then he kind of backtracks and goes, well, yeah, kind kind of. And it's like, I don't, I, you'd have to watch it. I, it. It's it's a really odd documentary, but it is it is really the, the whole Britney Spears thing. If it actually ever comes out, exactly what the fuck has gone on for this nearly forty year old woman to still be under the control of her father, like she. she she has obviously got the wherewithal to be in a relationship, to raise her children, to engage solicitors, to try and get herself out of this conservatorship, to to state that she doesn't feel like her dad is is like responsible and she doesn't trust him to be looking after the financial affairs. So could somebody else be involved as well as him if he has to stay on it? Like she she knows she she knows where to seek the advice and she's got the wherewithal to do that and to know that she has avenues but it just sounds like once you once you're in an arrangement like that the onus is on the person that's in it to prove that they can be out of it and then 
again we'll talk about I care a lot when, when we get to it but if you've got a lot of people around you who are going to benefit from you staying in it and they're also kind of the people that will be able to provide like character references and things like that because they're around you most of the time they're not going to say actually yeah she's fine yeah. it just it's just really kind of fucked up I, I would suggest watching it it's 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 a bit of an uncomfortable watch but it is worth watching i'm a little bit like that i'm a little bit like it with with ian where i'm like do i want that in my life right now though i maybe don't well this is why i didn't sort of kind of wait for you to watch it that's fine that's fine if you want to just skip along and watch without me i will happily watch it again well i'm not there now um i know what happens we don't know all of it spoiler alert I mean, I would watch one on, on my own as well. Um, weirdly, a music documentary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would watch the, this this uh, this word in search for documentary, um, uh-huh. which is uh, equally as good on a on a on a rewatch, and I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Plus, spurred on by the fact that um, I've been listening to a lot of words recently because of the podcast that me and Noel did, which is available on the We Are Pod Syndicate bonus feed. Smooth <laughs> 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 that one out. Yeah, it was good. What have we watched together, Bex? We watched next to the Nick Cage movie, didn't we? Nice. <laughs> we did. We we had to do a little bit of a, like a, a little thing for a minute, didn't we? Which which one they, they had next and knowing, knowing. <laughs> out at around the same time? Which one was the one that was unpalatably gaudy? <laughs> that was knowing. Right, next is safe to watch because it's based on a Philip K. Dick book, so we're fine. We're fine. Philip K. Dick's not gaudy. It's fine. So we watched that. Yep. It's really fucking good. Is next. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I have a time with it. It's fun. It, 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 it's it's that that period of Nick Cage where it, it's this it feels like the sort of movie you'd be making now. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but at the time, it was a it was like a big blockbuster Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. But it, but it also was the end of the big blockbuster Nick Cage movies mm. because it didn't do very well. Yeah, it's. It's a, it's a good one. The, the story's really interesting and it's clever, but it's not trying to be too clever that it's like trying to get one over on you. Like a lot of the time, like twisty, turny kind of time traveling movies are, are, are trying to get one over on you. And I don't like that. It feels kind of mean spirited and like not tricking in a, oh, you didn't see that coming, did you? Kind of way. Like like with this one, when it when it goes back and in reality, all of this stuff that he's seen happen has been visions and he's still in bed. That bit's like, a, oh, Wow. All of that was a vision and he's still in bed. But it's not in like a, now nah, we got you, you fucking idiot, kind of way. It's, it, yeah, it, it's very much like a, oh, that oh. makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a fun watch. And the fact that it's 95 minutes long is great. It, but high concept movies like genre picks like that should be 95 minutes mm. long. And it's it's quite amusing seeing Julianne Moore in a film like this. Because she looks like she's having a blast. Yeah. But it's like, this is fun. Mm. Mm. Uh, Jessica Biel in her prime. Yes, Jessica Biel before she just decided to eat just like one salad a week. Right, so <laughs> obviously look, look immensely sad all the time. Yeah, in light of obviously the recent Britney Spears Justin Timberlake related revelations and the half-assed apology and stuff like that, not got an awful lot of sympathy for him at this point. But can you imagine being Justin Timberlake and marrying Jessica Biel and being like, "Yeah, that ass is mine now. That that this woman." That's mine. Yes. And then she just eats lettuce for the rest I, of her life and turns into a skeleton. I, I, I watched 
Ah, the anti-vaxxer, lest, yeah, lest you forget. And I, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and went, Damn. yeah, I'm going to go for that. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, <laughs> and then now it's like, oh. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon she's just sad because she knows if he ever grows his hair out, that's what will grow? <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you reckon during lockdown she's just been like scheduling him in for every two days to get his head shaved because if it grows for, for more than that, it starts going ramen-y? I think she cuts his hair in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, I would cut your hair in your sleep if it went like that. Oh, I'd grow a full fucking bra. <laughs> Um, she just threatens to uh, chuck their kid over the balcony whenever he uh, refuses to do his hair. <laughs> Those kids are not safe. Uh, we we watched our identity. Yeah, we did. Because why not? Well, it's a it fun was... flick, is identity, mind. That's good watching. It is. That's it. It was. We needed something that was that was like um, ninety minutes long. Um, and just, just we could just kind of like melt into a little bit. We've been we've been revisiting some Kusaki goodness recently we as have, well, haven't we? We have, we have been, you know, we've we've slightly hopped off the the Hackman train and onto the uh, Kusaki Express. That sounds like Japanese porn. Kusaki goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it maybe is. Maybe it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had a good time with that. Um, we. Uh, we watched Dawn of the Dead, didn't we? Yeah, we the, did. The Zack Snyder one. It's mm. fucking great, is the remake of Dawn of the Dead. It's really good, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it is. It's it, it it's before Zack Snyder developed his Zack Snyderiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where everything looks not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, conceptually it's just it's just great but obviously that was a pre-established concept yeah. but it's it's just done really well everyone's really very good in it um i mean there's some there's some good gore there's some great gore well, yeah, a would, zombie baby gets killed shot in the face yeah, I, by I would, a woman who previously did not want to shoot an old sick looking man because he was turning into a zombie happily Fucking eagerly shoots a zombie baby in the face. Yeah, I mean, you say everybody's really good in it. Go on. But Mackay Pfeiffer's in it. Well, yeah. He's so terrible in it. Like, you said, you said during it, oh, whatever happened to Mackay Pfeiffer? And I had to remind you, it's everybody realised he was shit. He's really pretty, though. He's not even that pretty. He's quite pretty. Is he, though? Yeah. I get the feeling that with Mackay Pfeiffer, what's his name? Is it Tyrese Gibson from the Fast movies? Oh, he's pretty. Like, he kind of stole Mackay Pfeiffer's career, but then just didn't want to do it with it apart from the Fast movies. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, he's not as pretty as Tyrese Gibson. Uh, but yeah, Dawn of the Dead's fucking great. It, it holds up. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, yeah. it does hold up. It is a, it is a good watch. Um, what else? Sarah Polly's a really strong lead in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, she is. More should have happened with Sarah Polly. Mm. I think she 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 thinks she's a didn't she direct now, but like documentaries and things like that. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. We watched um weirdly, we watched Bubble Boy, which <laughs> is now available on Star. What the actual Um uh, Is it really? <laughs> Bubble Boy, I I am I am nine let me double check. I am ninety nine percent certain that I saw it on Star earlier. Uh 
Bubble. Yeah, Bubble Boy is available on Star. Have you ever seen Bubble Boy, Ian? No. Right. No, I know what it is, but no. Yeah. It's a bit mad, isn't it? So for anybody who hasn't seen Bubble Boy, doesn't know what the story is, it's um, Jake Gyllenhaal, Smoothie Coots, uh, Marley Shelton's in there, Danny Trejo's in there, uh, and John Carroll Lynch is also in there. So uh, Jake Gyllenhaal um, plays Jimmy Livingston, who is born without an immune system. Um, so he has to live his entire life essentially in a, a bubble. Um, but when he hits sort of 18, he forges a friendship with the girl next door, or as his mother um, calls it, the whore next door. The whore next door, yeah. Um, his mother, by the way, is deeply religious, so only ever feeds him uh, like essentially like cookies that are... Protein cookies that are in the shape of various religious artefacts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yes, yeah, so he forms a, a, a friendship with Marley Shelton's character, um, and then she ends up getting engaged to a douchebag. So he decides to break out of his um, chamber at home into a bubble and go to Las Vegas to essentially Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls that is it, yeah. Niagara Falls to profess his love for her and to. Well, but there's hijinks along the way, isn't there? Yes. It's it's fucking mental. It is a really weird film, yeah. 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 Um, are we are we spoiling this or are we not? We'll light spoiler it because well, we can't is... really light spoiler it. Go on. It's either all or nothing. What? Well, no, because I don't want to say it in case anyone wants to watch it. I'm really not bothered. <laughs> okay, so it turns out obviously. Um, is in the bubble because he's born without immunities but he actually developed immunities when he was four years old and he's been living in a bubble ever since because his mother doesn't want to like expose him to the world because <laughs> the world's dangerous right um so in reality he's he's fine but when he breaks out of his bubble to kiss marley shelton he just he assumes he's going to die so he just collapses to the floor and thinks he's dead but then it starts like you're not you're not dead <laughs> yeah, like John well. Carroll Lynch plays his dad. Yeah. Nice. That's good casting. It so. is. Am I not? No. <laughs> he literally he doesn't speak John Carroll Lynch for the majority of the movie at all, apart from the, like in two bits. Oh God! And the weirdness with the ending. So it turns out, obviously, Danny Trejo is a character along the way that help is helping him get to Niagara Falls. Um, He's a biker, head of a biker guy. And they're talking about like he's talking about why he's going to Niagara Falls, and then um, Treasure starts, starts talking about the one that got away, Wildfire, and he's got this tattoo on his chest of Wildfire. It turns out that um, Jake Gyllenhaal's highly religious mother is Wildfire. Oh yeah. Um, and used to be like a biker, and then obviously has had a religious awakening or whatever. But then the end, when Marley Shelton and Jake Gyllenhaal are getting married, um, the it shows her and Danny Trejo on a bike. And you said to me. I said, oh, but what about Dad? And then it pans out and Dad's on there as well. So they're having like some nice little biker three-way. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've got two more. Uh, we rewatched Clerks 2. Yes, we did. I noticed that on your letterbox. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now. Never go ask to mouth. Um, it's the right in some situations. Um, <laughs> now, what I will say here is I am a, I am a, a big fan of Kevin Smith up to a point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I won't let him get away with certain things. But I really, really, really like Clerks too. Mm. More than Clerks? No, don't be silly. Uh, but I, I, I do think it's a genuinely good movie. I think that the the heart moments it has, mm. um, the for instance, the the bit in the jail cell where uh, you've got um, Randall um, and um, Dante uh, uh, are having um, like a moment essentially. Yeah. I think it's up there with, with some of Smith's finest writing. It's it feels with, with, very organic and natural, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It's up there with, with, with parts of like of, of Chasing Amy and things like that, that that are some of his best work. But what did you think? And then we'll come to the, the also the, the other bit within it. The other bit within it. Um, yeah, do you know what? Clerks 2 is great. I, I avoided watching it for a long time because you showed me clerks and I didn't really like it when you first showed me it and then you re-showed me it and I liked it and then we watched clerks too so um it's got more no I was gonna say it's got more story going on than clerks but there's a lot going on within one setting in clerks isn't there so yeah um it's good and it's it's funny and there are like really heartfelt moments in it i think um the jane silent bob characters are slightly more fleshed out in this one um and then there's the donkey yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's the thing with clerks 2 is clerks 2 could not exist now Mm. Can you imagine Clerks 2 <laughs> being released now? No. Uh, you know, you've got the... And it, when when you have the fucking the donkey show scene in Clerks and it is not the most offensive scene in the movie, it, it's it's quite mental. Mm. Uh, it it remember- really feels like the world has moved on since Clerks 2. Yeah, it absolutely like, has. And oh, the oh. only reason why nobody is going back to Clerks 2 and going, what the fuck is Clerks 2? Why isn't this movie cancelled? Is because the only people who are going back to Clerks 2 are the people who like Clerks 2, <laughs> and they're not going to say that. No. But, yeah, it, I still have a great time with it. It's got an awful lot of heart. It is juvenile in the way that Kevin Smith movies are juvenile. It is. I completely forgot about the most offensive bit until just then. Yeah. Um, it is offensive, but reveling in the the fact that the characters are not necessarily themselves offensive. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember going to see this in the cinema, and it was a fairly packed cinema. Um, and I went with, with a few people, and I don't often go uh, to the cinema with you know with. with with groups of people. There was a few of us who'd gone. Um, and I think out of like the hundred of people that were in that cinema, I'm fairly certain that I was the only one there enjoying it. So I was laughing an awful lot <laughs> and nobody else was laughing at all. So essentially for like 90 odd minutes, I literally was Max Cady in Cape Fear for the entire <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> everybody just 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 
just not even like silently judging me, like actively judging me. There was a moment where somebody literally, when I laughed at smoke, somebody went, oh, that's not even funny. <laughs> and I was like, it is. It really is. You're the worst. And yeah, at that, that moment, I think I probably was the worst. However, I had paid to go and see that movie and I was enjoying the fuck out of it. Mm. So everybody else being bad that I was enjoying it were actually the people in the wrong. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's one of my comfort movies to play to. I felt really, really bad for, um, what's her name? In the, 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 this watch round. His, 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 his missus. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then our final one. Uh, we, we watched first watch for you? First watch, I think. Yeah. Copland. First that... watch of Copland for the wife of Mark Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's an odd one that. I think I, I think I think it's one of those ones where I, I did show you it a long, long, long time ago, but you fell asleep. Mm. I think. It's you look at it and you're like, oh, it's a Stallone movie, and then you get in there and it's like, oh, it's fat Stallone. This is quite sedate. Yeah, I might have a little sleepy. What do you think of it on rewatch then? It's it's very good. It's just not what I want from a Stallone movie. I don't want him to act. It, it doesn't try suit one. him. <laughs> I, I Whoa. Oh. Whoa, fucking hell. If you're a man, punch me in the face right now. <laughs> you look tempted anyway, I'm not going to lie. No, it's good. It's 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 an interesting story and stuff, but it just, I, I don't know. Like, fuck you right here. <laughs> I just think there's some heavyweight acting that's Sly Stallone's trying to do in this that he's just maybe not built for. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it though. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Don't hate me. I do. Um, I think it's fucking brilliant. I, I, I think it's one of the. I, I, I'm a little bit baffled as to why more is not made of Copland. Mm. Um, I think it, it's it's part of a little raft of. Um, of movies that were made between like 94 and 97, 98. Yeah. That were actually, that were movies made for grown-ups that were really, really good, but had kind of been lost a little bit Mm. because there was the whole thing that was happening with uh, like... You know, you got all like the Tarantino spin-offs and, and bits like that. Mm. So because these movies weren't that, they were slightly different. Yeah. You know, th- th- there's a number of them. Um, Quiz Shop is is another one. Um, that is a really good um, mid '90s uh, thriller that nobody talks about. That's on Star. It is on Star. Yeah. Uh, so maybe people start talking about it because they can actually fucking see it. Yeah. Because you know, if things don't exist on streaming services now, they don't exist. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's part of that, and Cotland really, really awesome. It is quite sedate, but you've got, you know, Swiss Sloan acting fantastically in it. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but then you've got Harvey Keitel, really hot, De Niro, Peter Berg, um, Robert Patrick, um, Michael Rappaport is in there, which, you know, of course Michael Rappaport is in there. It, it is the most Michael Rappaporty of roles. Yeah. Um, it's. It's really good. De Niro is fantastic in it. Um, in one of the great scenes in it, 
where he's literally eating a sandwich and chewing out Sylvester Stallone. And it literally, apparently, De Niro didn't want to do the scene because he hadn't had lunch yet. <laughs> and, so, and so James Mangle was saying, no, we need to do this scene and get it done now because this is the only time slot we've got. And then he was like, I'm taking my sandwich in there. <laughs> so, but then it works really well within the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I, I, I really, really liked it. It was, it, it's that perfect mix of what, yeah, it, you know what? Yeah, it, it. I'm maybe being a bit miserly on it. It is really good. Robert De Niro actually is really good. It's it's nice to see him in like a different kind of role than what I feel like he usually does. It's 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 kind of like a bit part essentially. He's not in it an awful lot, but he's very good in it when he is in it. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's. At first you think, oh, it's going to be a supporting role. Then you realise, actually, no, he's almost like the supporting, supporting role. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the supporting roles are uh, really hot. Uh, who is doing the best craze, really hot. But not quite turbulence, fucking laughing at clouds, really hot. Um, what did I say to you about really hot? What? That, that they just couldn't actually get him to not take cocaine. So that <laughs> they just wrote it the plot. <laughs> yeah. He's the most convincing cokehead. In yeah, um, and then you've got yeah, Harvey Keitel is in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it, it it's it's a good time. Poor Michael Rappaport. Poor Michael Rappaport. Yeah. They tried to drown him. They do try and drown him in a hot tub. In an above ground hot tub. Yeah, like if you're gonna get drowned in a hot tub, you want it to be like a, a classy, like dug in hot tub, don't you? No, I'd like to be in an above ground. Would one. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd want that trash. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Right, let's move on. Sam, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Marla. How about you? Oh, working hard, playing hard. Fucking A. You called. Yeah, uh, I got some news. Good news or bad news? Uh, sort of both. Uh, your ward, uh, Alan Levitt, here at our Berkshire Oaks facility, he just died. What? Alan died this morning, sorry. No, Alan Levitt, really? How? Stroke, big one. But he was young. Just 69 and a quarter. Oh, God. Alan. Fuck, I only had him six months. I thought he'd last us at least another five years. Fuck, now I have to cash him out, turn over everything to his inheritors. What a fucking waste. Well, maybe he took a shine to you and wrote you into his will. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what's the good news? Well, due to Alan's tragic departure, we now have a vacancy. His room. Ha, huh, that's a corner deluxe. Yes, it is. Hold it for me. Marla, you're not the only game in town. There's a waiting list. Fuck the waiting list. How much? Two grand a week till it's filled. Two grand? It costs 500 less. Time. If you don't pay, someone else will. Oh, fuck you, Sam. All right, two grand. Thanks, Sam. Pleasure, Marla. I care a lot. Uh, is uh, directed and written by Jay Blakeson, um, stars uh, Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, um, Isaac Gonzalez, Chris Mencia, Diane Weist. Uh, and I'm going to do, do the same thing. I'm going to read the plot from uh, IMDb because that's what I'm going to do now because it's better than me trying to explain plots to things. Don't forget the cast credit for Peter Dinklage's hair because that also deserves an honourable mention. What is that? Hey. What's that? His hair? Yeah. Who fucking knows? I think he's borrowed Nick Cage's wig. 
Is he, has he borrowed the case? Who's that with? Yeah, I think so. so I it's can... some hair. Like he's either got it like flopped over to one side in like a little side sweepy bang situation, or he's got it like pinned back and then in like a man bun at the back in some kind of samurai situation. It's it's very odd hair. Poised with shark-like self-assurance, Mala Grayson is a professional court-appointed guardian for dozens of elderly wards whose assets she seizes and currently um, built through dubious but legal means. It is a well-oiled racket that Marla and her business partner and lover Fran use with brutal efficiency on their latest cherry, Jennifer Patterson, a wealthy retiree with no living heirs or family. But when their mark turns out to have an equally shady secret of her own and connections to a volatile gangster, Mara is forced to level up in a game only predators can play, and one that's neither fair nor square. <laughs> wow. That is, a, that is a plot synopsis. That is a plot synopsis. Uh, Ian. I'm going to open the floor to you on this one. I care a lot. Um, do you have to like or feel sympathy for characters to like a film that they are within? No, but I think that if you're not going to like them, I think the film needs to not make you try to not like them in order to be fully successful. I think we're all going to agree on certain points of this movie, yes. <laughs> First off, my best, of, my best sort of description of how I feel about this movie is thanks, I hate it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you for the great movie. I hate it. I hate this movie. I hate that this is a thing. You'll get to. <sighs> no, 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 no. I think Becky, like, no, I'm, I'm. You obviously need to say your piece, Bex. Do it, yeah, dude. You were literally shaking with this. Go on. This film made me so fucking angry and I think I said to you when we were um um recording the other night Ian I, you know I've, I've watched films with some really shitty fucking characters and I've never wanted a film character to die horribly more than I wanted Rosamund Pike's character to die in this movie I fucking hated her what a fucking shitty situation like do you know what I'm, I'm so seething with rage, I can't even articulate myself. You are, you are most is lacking all over the place, aren't you? <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Sorry, you're going to have to go back to me because I can't. <laughs> Bless you. I get it, though. The thing is, the first half of this film, I, I thought was, like, nigh on perfect. It's like, you've set up a despicable person in this despicable world doing horrible things and then finding herself up against like someone she wasn't expecting who is also horrible and she's gonna you know she's gonna learn her lesson now the second half i'm fine with the fact that she doesn't really learn her lesson. It's a comment on the American dream. Yeah. 100% get that. Think that message is diluted by the end of the second act, start of the third act, where I don't know how anyone can read it other than we are supposed to feel sorry for these people. 
And I, I think that's a real failing of the film. And it's frustrating because I thought it was kind it like it was on its way to being a bit of a modern classic and in a 100 percent in like what bex is saying there the thanks i hate it kind of way of i never want to watch it again because it's just being with horrible people but fair play great filmmaking but and frankly if the uh, isa gonzalez character didn't know what rosamund pike's character was up to yeah I'd, 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 I'd be, I'd be way more on board. The fact that that character Fran is in on it and is like, "Yep, I'm fine. I accept this," and without ever any hesitation, and then she gets the sh- almost killed. It's like, yeah, fair enough. I don't then need to see like five, ten minutes of Rosamund Pike rushing to her and oh my god, are you okay? And then in in the shower and you know, and then them plotting revenge. At that point, I check out. I check back and then but then but then I check back in, you know, where it's like Peter Dinklage being all. Let's go into business together, and then and then her comeuppance is like absolutely fair enough, and I love that Macon Blair is there at the start and then you completely forget about him. And then about, honest, honestly, maybe about 20 seconds before he appeared again, I was like, right, it's building to something. Fucking hell, that guy at the start. And then he appears. It's like, yeah, that's the appropriate ending. I just but it's not though because she doesn't get a comeuppance for what she's done to Diane Weiss's character. But Diane she Weiss just fucking gets away with that. She gets fucking rewarded for what? that. She gets fucking rewarded for what she's done to her. That scene and where she they're dies. in her house. <laughs> no, that that scene where they're in her house and they are picking apart her worldly possessions. Mm-hmm. This woman is a perfectly capable fucking elderly woman who just lives her life doing her gardening and is perfectly happy. And then. They do what they do, and then that scene, honestly, where they are in her house and they're repainting it and they're taking their inventory of all her stuff, I almost had to make you switch it off. I was so filled with fucking rage at that point that I, I didn't think I could continue watching it. And the fact that she doesn't die for what she's done to her, she dies for something that she's previously done off screen that I'm not not really angry about because I've not seen it. I wanted her to die for that. I wanted Dinklage's fucking goons to kill her. I wanted oh, fucking Diane Weiss to kill her. But that made I me mean, so angry that she got rewarded for that. So be, fucking angry. To be fair, Diane Weiss's character. Weiss, sorry, yeah. Obvi- yeah. Don't worry. Obviously knew about what Dinklage was doing because, like, you know, obviously she comes out of the, the nursing home and whatnot. You know, there's, there, I mean, there, there, frankly, there is a question about how good Diane Weiss's character actually is. I don't care. She still doesn't deserve that. No, no, no. Yeah. No, she's not responsible for what he's doing. She's just his mum. But I, I, she's Russian mob, Becky. But she's not, yeah, she's no. Russian mob's mum. I, th- I I thought it was kind of an implication that she's she she's got a past. Yeah. But at regardless, though, I mean, broad like broadly though, Bex, I I I am with you. But I like the fact that it's not necessarily like it's not the big bad of the film who kills her it's that guy at the start of the film who then comes up and he's like my mum died by herself 
because of you. Mm. You know, and that and and like she's forgotten about you as an audience member forget about her. And and then it, she's killed off as a result of that. I thought that was good, but it just the the film makes such a fucking fatal error for me in even attempting because what else is that sequence for other than you are supposed to feel bad for where Rosamund Pike and Isa Gonzalez are now at that I don't think there is another explanation and because I didn't feel like it was trying to make you feel bad for Rosamund Pike's character I did feel like it was trying to make you feel bad for Isaac Gonzalez's character which yeah fair yeah. Uh, fair enough and I disagree with that because she was in on it all along she's yeah. not an innocent bystander if she was an innocent bystander mm. and Rosamund Pike then rushed to her and whatnot and then Rosamund Pike still went into a, a bed with Peter Dinklage in the end business wise it would have felt more balanced then, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I would have understood why the film took the time to do that. Mm. So yeah, it would feel like a bit like they were both fucking over their loved ones to do this business arrangement because it was better for them. Whereas it's not. It's just him kind of going, yeah, you did this shitty thing to my mum, but I could make some money. Yeah. And and that's just it. Just it angered me so much. I'm not saying it's a bad film. But I, I I really didn't like it. There is yeah. one scene in it, however, that I absolutely fucking adored. Mm. And that's the bit where she's talking to um, Diane Weist. And she says about, like, she realises that, oh, you've met my son kind of thing. And he's like, oh, you you made a mistake. And, I, and that whole scene, I fucking loved it. And she's just like, she's trying to question her on it. And she's just kind of like laughing to herself like... Yeah, it's not going to end well for you. But then he fucking does because she gets a fucking massive business opportunity. The, the, the right. And she, she does die at the end. But she does, in terms of the film's morals, she does die at the end of the film, Bex. Not you know? enough. She, she needed to be tortured and killed in some kind of lingering, horrible way. She gets shot in the chest and she will die almost instantly. That is not enough pain for a woman like that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It made me really fucking angry. Really? Angle <laughs> alone. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I absolutely agree in the sense of um, when it does seem to um, start trying to get you to feel a little bit of sympathy for it, the film does. It, it it's almost like it, it it gets to a bit of a a, a fork in the road, and it it. it it Excellent. doesn't go down the exact wrong one, but it goes down the one where it, it the, the other option was better. She should have been. It would have been better if, if she was just an unrelenting. Just if they didn't try at any point make her into a good person. I don't think they try and make her a good person, but they do try to to to, to spin you around so you're now rooting for her um, within it. And I. I why you don't need that it's the whole it's it's the idea that that you know that you've spent all this time disliking her but now you now you're on her side um to go after these guys whereas it it would have been it it would have been better there's a there's a key moment in it where she has a go at um down waste and basically says 
this is what is it you're not playing fair mm. within it but that that crux of that moment is no they are playing fair they're crooks they're mm. doing things mm. illegally and that is how things illegally what you're doing is you're doing things illegally but but thinking that you're just cheating the system oh and alicia witt's character can fuck right off as well how many other people has she done that to she fucking deserved to die and she did but she got killed by a goon and that was the fucking ending that she deserved sorry thank you um so i hope he drowned her in that fish tank he did drown in that fish tank of course he did um actually it's a turtle aquarium was oh i hope the turtles weren't too stressed about it i think the turtles are going to be fine don't worry i'm i'm, I'm very big on uh on on animal care at the moment and yeah turtle turtles are very chill creatures um timmy's in the freezer at the moment so that's fun what 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 what, what? why is he in the freezer oh he passed away at the weekend oh and I, I know but to food because he's in a container, but we need to uh, get him disposed of. Can you not just bury him in the car, then? Keeks, we could dig him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, grim. It's not going to happen, is it? No. We've got we've got three of our pets buried at my parents' old house. <laughs> they never do any fucking like building work outside. Just a, two cat skeletons and a dog skeleton out there, and a bunny, maybe. Good job we got rid of the horse before that died. <laughs> Oh, fuck, you know. She actually did get buried. They got a fork. A horse? Yeah. The people that got her off us, they got... Sorry, you can, you can come back to... Got, like, no, a, I need to hear it. Sorry. <laughs> Another time. They got, they got like, um, what they call, like a bulldozer. Yeah. I think. Is that the ones with the scoops? Yeah. To dig a big hole and then use, like, a, a winch and hoist thing to lower her into it and bury her instead of getting her, like, cremated by the vet. Because they loved her. She was a good horse. She re- no, that's not something you do with something you love. Well, bury it reverentially yeah. and like have it have like a, a site where you can go and visit. I think that's don't, get, don't fucking trick me and get me into this. <laughs> okay. Mark has no respect for the dead. No, that's not fucking true. I just don't see the fucking point in funerals. They're pointless. Or being sad when people die. No. <laughs> good job, Mickey. It's like such a dick. When I die, Mark's just going to be like, shit, I better not dinner then. So, I better not dinner a lot, you twat. That's what you're taking from that. <laughs> I mean, so, Mark, I think I'm probably going to go before you, but if you go before me, like, what am I supposed to expect then for your... Mark wants to be cremated, put into a hollow cannonball and shot at a wall. <laughs> just a nondescript wall. As well, from a really close range, a really nondescript wall. I mean, I've I've told you guys about um, like if I'm ever diagnosed with a terminal illness or whatever, what I what I want to have happen. No. Oh, have I not? So. I want to, like, if I'm diagnosed with, like, something terminal, and to be fair, this was more a plan before lots and before, like, life insurance and whatnot, because I'm pretty sure this would probably invalidate any anything like that. But 
if it was like fuck it i've got nothing to live for but this is going to be cool i would plot to do some sort of uh non-hurting other people crime in a city with an uncompleted bridge yes steal a car and almost like grand theft auto style get enough stars up that i've got like police chasing me and then i want to drive over the uncompleted bridge and hope that the police shoot out the gas tank enough that my car blows up while i'm going over the bridge there's only one one flaw within that plan there ian Mm. I guarantee you the, the electric car that you steal <laughs> will run out of battery just as you're about to go over the edge of the bridge. <laughs> You'd be like, shit. I mean, if it was my leaf, 100% get you. Yeah, it would. But if it was a Tesla Model S or something that I stole, I could put it in plaid mode and really fucking launch off that uncompleted bridge. And just hope that when they shoot the battery, that explodes instead. Oh, the battery will fucking explode if it's dinged. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, sorry, Matt. Back onto back onto your opinions on I care a lot. I, I did bug out that. I apologise. Uh, yeah, it would have been better if they just made an un- unrelenting like is it because she's very very good at it, Rosamund Pike. Mm. She's it's the reverence that she almost seems to have of just going, I am playing just an absolute abhorrent character and having an awfully good time with it is it, it is gleeful at points. Mm. Um, you know, the, the opening with Macon Blair of where you're watching it in car and she is literally just fucking, just playing um, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., just, just playing him so well. Is that the judge? Yeah, every single time. And the fact that he just seems fucking clueless to what this woman could actually be doing and is actually doing. Um, no, I reckon he's in on it as well. He can fucking. I don't think he is. I think he's. Well. I think he's too. He's too nice to just be like, oh, she. You know, she's lovely. She is. <laughs> um, it, I don't think he's in on it at all. Oh, and the fucking shit eating grin that she's got as well. I fucking smashing those we, fucking tea yeah you see i i, I quite enjoyed that character i also like the fact that she has such an ego that the first thing she does when she gets into that uh, into the gas station is gets a thing of milk to drop her tooth in yeah <laughs> it's quite wonderful in that 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 is her main concern i i actually thought she was getting that bottle of milk to like drink it and i was like this is it this is the moment mark goes off rosamund pike just fucking necking some milk. No, that wouldn't. Right, and let's pause and explore this. Uh, what's wrong with that, Mark? Oh, Mark doesn't. Mark doesn't agree with drinking milk just as is. No, oh, horrible stuff. Weird. Don't get it. He's got real issues with it. <laughs> it's horrible. I I was university aged old when I discovered that milk wasn't cow's piss. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> That, that that must be a conversation. I'm sorry. University aged. Yep. Where did you grow up? Wilkshire. Is that in the countryside? Oh, it's farmer. 
I'm not a farmer. I know, but I'm not a farmer, but I know about cows. Not a farmer, but grew up next to two farms, Becky. I didn't, like, go and, like, I don't know. You wanted to be a vet, Rebecca. I did want to be a vet, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't, can't do milk. It's horrible stuff. I might go get a glass of milk now. It's yeah, you can fucking drink it in the kitchen. Just drink it in front of you. you. Can drink it in the kitchen. Get a milk. Oh wow, is that like me with crisps? It is a bit like you with crisps, yeah. Really? Okay. I can't even touch it. Touch milk. Yeah. Why would you be touching it? No, 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 no. About that uh, horrible stuff. Sorry, crisps. Ian's got a phobia of crisps. You got a phobia of crisps? Yeah, dude. I if you ever 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 took the piss out of me with that and did some stuff in front of me where you're like waving crisps in my face or something i will punch you what about if i go and get like a bowl of crisps and a glass of milk and i sit and crunch crunch my crisps and then drink my milk in front of you would, would you both hate me in, yeah. in front like literally physically in front no like like now now i don't care because i can't see you so it's 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 not like the sound then it's like the actual visible yeah, I mean, I, I've had to, I've had to mask it an awful lot, like over the years. Don't get me wrong, you know, when I've worked on it, but like there are no, there are no, there's no potato-based crisps in this household. Watsits and quavers, I will allow. What about Monster Munch? Fuck off. It's not all maze-based snacks that get a, a free pass. I, it's just literally quavers and... I couldn't say... Right. The thought of pickled onion must monster munch and salt and vinegar crisps makes me want to throw up. But, like, what about roast beef monster munch? No, I can't be doing with it. Oh, that's, that's weird. No, they're nicer, roast beef. No, they're not. I like beef space raiders. They're good. What about space raiders? Or we now in the section of the podcast where we list crisps. <laughs> this is baffling to me. But that, you really but, didn't like I care a lot, did you? <laughs> but no, but I mean that that that's the thing. So the thing is, subject here, Ian did. I but the thing is, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, I don't. I'm not going to take the piss out of Mark for that because I know that my phobia is equally as what the fuck are you talking about to everybody else. <laughs> it's like yeah. people who like have um, phobias of balloons. Um, or my sister cannot touch newspaper. I can't touch form. Yeah, you've got a form thing, haven't you? Yeah. Tights you don't like either. No, nope, can't touch tights. So, that, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. So it's basically, I respect Mark's milk phobia. Because I have a phobia that sat, is increased, like in my head. That's a silly phobia, but in his head, mine's a silly phobia, so they cancel each other out. Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna yeah. I don't have anything like that. Like I have foods that I dislike, but nothing that I would point blank refuse to eat, I don't think. Even down to like fucking liver and stuff like that, I'd give it a go. Maybe I've just got on a you. garbage palette. You do have a garbage palette. I've been telling this for years. <laughs> uh go. I'm like a go, yeah. Like a, like a, you're, we, we, we joke, Mark's like a sickly, like newborn goat. Yeah, I don't think I make that joke very often. I, I make this joke quite often. And I'm like a billy goat that could eat tin cans. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I care a lot. 
Yeah, I, I, I really liked it, uh, but I do agree with Ian in the fact that the first half is very, very good. It then loses its way a little bit and then um, it, 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 it pulls it back towards the end where it, it basically has this this warped American dream kind of um, narrative to it, mm. which I think is very good. Uh, I, I, I will watch it again. Uh, probably not with you, Bex. No, um, fuck right off. As I, I enjoyed the the, the reverence uh, that Rosemont Pike has, the scene she has with um, Chris Messier, uh, Messina, was it? Messina. That's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he comes in there, her just try being like really intrigued by it, and almost not taking the money, not because she doesn't want the money and she thinks she can milk it for more, but almost like she just wants to see where this is gonna go. She she she, she now would pay that to know who the fuck he's working for. Mm. And it's that is really quite interesting. Mm. Um, and the way that he is just essentially going, look, I really fucking like what you're doing here. It's pretty fucking cool, but stop doing it. Just stop doing it to this one later. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to get fucking nasty for you. Um, thing is, would it have been a better movie if it went, that the fork in the road, when it went down that, when she actually came up against some for real bad guys, it went badly for her. I actually think that might have been a better movie. Mm. Yeah, because it's got this whole weird, like, fucking bit where it's like, she's she's just some fucking scammer. That's all she is. Yeah. Then, but then all of a sudden she's like, she's able to, like, professionally kidnap a mob boss and nearly kill him. I'm sorry. It, it did feel a little bit like that was all a little bit too Far-fetched, easy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree on that. It did feel a little bit like that was a little bit easy. I mean, finding the number plate, fine, possibly. They're not they're not really like having access to police database kind of people, though, really. No, are it's they? established earlier in the, in the movie that, 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 um, that Fran does have mm. access to that. And also to like sedatives and like all this kind of shit as well. Like it just, it just, it, that bit was silly. We should have links to the medical community. Oh, come on. I'm just, I'm, I agree with you, but it, it, I can see where they could pull it in. But the ending, it works really well for me, Mac on Blair, coming back into it and being the thing that kind of, like, bump. I wish he'd shot her in the stomach or something. I wish he'd shot her in the face. <gasps> yeah. No, that would be really, that'd be instant, though, wouldn't it? No, like, shot her in the face and, like, blown half of her fucking jaw off or something. So she's just there, suffering. So where are you on this, then, Bex? We had a rating for this. Films that you can acknowledge that are good, but that you really fucking hate. And I can't remember what the rating was. Mm. We did, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. You're right. But it's that. So it's that. Where are you with it, Ian? Was it Suspiria? No, Suspiria. No, because no, Suspiria we don't like. Mm. Yeah, Suspiria was just films that are just fucking just shit. Yeah, yeah Black Christmas got the Suspiria rating for that year, yeah. didn't it? Mm. Um, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely not shit. God, it's almost like I want another rating for a film. That's, it's almost like Judas and the Black Messiah. It's two in two weeks where it's like films that were almost there. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, can, I can agree with that because I was very much, I, I, mean, I was very in the camp of this. It, it, it's, it's my jam. Um, but I was a little bit like, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. It's definitely not shit for me. 
But I do think that there is maybe a better movie in there. Because the performance is fantastic. Rosamund Pike is, I've said far, it, the, the, the gleeful nature of it is wonderful. Mm. It might have been Dragged Across Concrete, but I really like Dragged Across Concrete. Yeah, but I, I acknowledged it was a good film. I think I think that it might have been Dragged. Yeah, I think it might have been Dragged. Maybe it was. Yeah. It's a fucking okay. good film, it's Dragged Across Concrete. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like simply thanks. I hate it as a rating though, but it's <laughs> that is actually quite a good rating, yeah. Well, our audience poll was definitely not shit fifty percent and touching cloth fifty percent. Yeah. If okay. we'd given them the option of thanks, I hate it. I think it would be quite popular that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Questions. Oh God. We have a couple. I'm unprepared. Um, Marcus uh, Zizi, uh asks. You, slash we, uh, often, de- uh, often described a certain 80s film aesthetic or a typical 90s look. How will this era of films be defined in years to come? And what will the main genre uh, be remembered? Uh, as action films of the 80s were, or as 90s erotic thrillers? Comic book movies, super colourful. <sighs> but also comic book movies look like they were set, uh, they were shot in a car park in Georgia and then had green screens all over the place. <laughs> well, yes, yes. However, the movies that they'll they'll be like the the, the big budget, you know, that they're the, like the, the ones that are remembered across the 2010s. Uh, the 2010s for that. But I think the movies that in 15, 20 years time people are going back to will, will be those like we go back to um, the Raiders. Back to the Future. Yeah, and Raiders Lost Ark and, and, and things like that, or the Independence Days and bits like that. Mm. But I think that the, the that now you're getting a crop of filmmakers and cinematographers who are the first real crop that have either accepted or have grown up with digital photography. So digital photography, for instance, 10, 12 years ago, looked like shit. <laughs> You know, you take something like um, Michael Mann's Dillinger movie. Fuck, what's it called? I don't know. I'm not as big of a man. Oh, Public Enemies. Public Enemies, yeah. Michael Mann makes brilliant looking movies. Public Enemies looks like shit because they're digital. They can't get it right. Whereas, because the early start of digital, everything was right. Well, we we can grade it. It doesn't matter what light we shoot in. We can just grade it. And we can we can tweak we can tweak it because it's digital. Whereas you look at something like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, shot on digital, but doesn't use color grading on it. It's all using natural lights. It's pretty. And it's a I think you know whether or not people like me view it or not. It, it's unarguable that it looks fantastic. Mm. And I think that, that, that that's maybe starting to take hold because you had that that sort of noughties element where everything looked like it was blue green for a while <laughs> yeah like that was like the setting that they had yeah and then all of a sudden anything that was set in mexico had that sandy setting <laughs> and it was literally like they were flicking through filters on instagram and went right that's the mexico setting right that's the la setting that's the what it's saying and i think that, that we're moving away from that now uh, but 
Yeah, the defined imagery is going to be like you said, Ian, shot in a car park in Georgia and superhero movies. But I just think that maybe we're starting to get away from that a little bit. Yeah, we just have to say it tracks, don't we? You have to do it by decade, really, don't you? Yes, we're in the infancy of the, the 2020s. 20s. I, I think are where the balance is going to hit a little bit, right? Do you know what makes me really sad? What? You know, when the 2020s started and everyone was like, oh, you know, it'll be like the Roaring Twenties again. Oh, Roaring Twenties, like, it's just the shit COVID yeah, like, Twenties. Like, like polio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's the bit we didn't want from it. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, polio. Yeah. Uh, Rick Kidd, uh, Richard Kidd, uh, I rewatched um, Bringing Up Baby, where a leopard plays third wheel to Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn yesterday. If you were making a modern screwball comedy, what animal creature would you like to introduce to create a unique twist for the film? An owl. <laughs> right, all right. You need you need a lead. No. You need a lead actor, a lead actress, a premise, and then then you can throw the owl in. No, it doesn't ask for that. I'm asking for that. I'm the host. I just want an owl in all comedy movies. No. We were talking quite quite a lot about facial facial acting on the There and Back Again podcast the other day. Owls can facial act the shit out of anything. They have some good... No, I'm not doing all of that. No. Your owl thing is defunct. <laughs> it's not. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, uh, well, you obviously have monkeys as the lead, and then you pay Tommy Lee Jones $20 million to, uh, to be the only human cast member, but he has to try. <laughs> What's the premise of the movie? Nuclear war. <laughs> Nuclear war. It's so basically it's Planet of the Apes, but with Tommy Lee Jones in a role. That'll do for me. But he's got to help the monk. He's got to help the monkeys, but he can't. Help. He can't talk to them. Um. I want. Can I just say something? Like, the, the, for some reason this jumped into my head it's probably because it's talking about animals but you know when occasionally you see like a random meme that you're like where the fuck has that come from yeah so I saw on Twitter and I, I'm sorry I, I can't remember who it was but somebody posted just retweet the thing and it, it was a still from We Bought a Zoo but for some reason Matt Damon they made him look like uh, Dr. Manhattan from uh, Watchmen. I had a little speech bubble coming out of it, and the speech bubble just said, "I'm tired of all these people, all these people and their buying of zoos." <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me go, "What? Why?" Does that remind me of that? Mine would obviously be a giraffe. You met a giraffe. Because I met a giraffe once. And yeah, it's 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 a romantic comedy about two people who meet a giraffe, and it can star Bradley Cooper and Rachel McAdams. Sorry if you can hear that in the background. By the way, the cat and the dog are fighting over a leopard toy. Pretty sweet. Um, what? I'm, I'm sticking with my answer. That's fine. That's fine. Just an owl. Just a random owl. Yeah, that's that, the that, question. Just that owl moving that Zach Snyder did. The owls of Google. No, not that. No, that's it. You decided now. They make a sequel to Firewalk with me, but in this one there's actually an owl. That's not what it seems, but it's in the background of every shot, just pulling like eye raisy kind of situation. Where I hold first. Yeah. Um, and turning its head all the way around. 
Owls are fucking weird anyway. Have you seen a weird little legs? Like yeah, like if you pull up their, their, their body like as, like as you would like with a skirt or something, they've got their little fucking weird legs. I like owls. What are you coming next week, Ian? Uh, well, the only thing of note is Lee Daniels' new film, The United States versus Billy Holiday, which is on Sky Cinema this weekend. See, that actually looks quite good. But it also looks like there might be not that much to talk about about it. <laughs> yeah. Unless we come up with anything else, that will be it. So we'll have to pull it out of the bag with some what we've watched, maybe. Yep. So we will have films next week for you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I did all the, the, the plugging of shit at the, at the, what is it, at the start. I don't know what he's doing now. Um, so yeah, so thank you very much for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. And thank you very much, Ian. That was episode... 386 of Film Bastards and we thank you very much for listening we shall speak to you next week bye everyone bye bye
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>